Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I have a seven-year-old named Naomi, and I started Positively Dad earlier this year, back in March, just to be a resource to you. You know, when, when I found out I was going to be a dad about seven years ago, I went out looking for resources to learn how to be a great dad, and quite frankly, there just aren't a bunch out there. And so that's why I started Positively Dad, just so that, you know, we can grow as parents and, and people and, and partners and use the resources that are out there to get better. So we do two podcast episodes every week. You're listening to what I call our more traditional episode. It comes out every Monday morning. This is where I talk to an expert who's going to help us, you know, just grow and get better, learn something, maybe talk about something that we haven't thought about. And and I think that there's a lot of value in these conversations. So that's what you're hearing today. Then every Thursday, we do a dad talk episode where I just talk to a dad about being a dad. Those are really, really powerful conversations because we're, you know, rolling up our sleeves and getting into it with, with just what is parenting really like out there. And we've talked to some amazing fathers. And so if you're list, looking for some stuff to listen to, you know, maybe you're out on a jog or you've got a long car ride or something like that, I'm really going to recommend you go back and listen to those Dad Talk episodes. We've done about 11 of those. They're about a half hour each. So there's plenty of content there for you to listen to and really powerful stories. And then, of course, you can find us on all your social media pages. We're posting stuff all the time. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Positively Dad. And we just, again, our goal is to connect with you and help you grow. Today, we're going to talk about teenagers. Now, I don't have one. I have a seven-year-old. I told you that earlier. In fact, she's going to be on at the end of the podcast. She's on at the end of every episode, so I think you'll like that. So, you know, people say, oh, you know, you think it's great now? Just wait. Just wait to see what it's like when they're teenagers. And so we're going to talk about teenagers today because there was a study that came out recently that said most parents believe that their teenage children are not ready to grow up and be adults. The research shows that, too. It says that you know parents are concerned they're not mature enough, or they just don't know enough, or they aren't able to take on the responsibility that comes with being an adult. And this was surprising to me because I thought, hey, wait, isn't this what our role is as parents, is to teach them how to grow and, and become great people? It made me think of something, you know, helicopter parenting. And you've heard this term where we helicopter and kind of do everything for them, and are we creating any independence? And a friend of mine said to me this week, she says, you know, I'm not a helicopter parent. I'm a submarine parent. I go, what do you mean by a submarine parent? She's like, I'm just kind of floating out there. And every once in a while, I put up my periscope and check on them to make sure they're all right. And I thought, that's fascinating. Like, are, are we setting them up to win? Is it a combination of submarine parenting and helicopter parenting? What are we doing to make sure that when our kids, you know, get older, that they can do some of these things on their own? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And our guest has actually been on the podcast before. This is a return appearance for her, Sarah Clark. She's at the University of Michigan. And her team did the study um, over at C.S. Mott Children's Hospital as part of the Children's Health at University of Michigan. And her team did the study, and we're going to look at it, and she's going to tell us, hey, what did the study tell us? And then what can we be doing as parents as they're growing up to help prepare them to become independent people? Because eventually you do want them moving out of your house, right? That's what I thought. So I'm excited to get started. Let's welcome Sarah Clark onto the program. Sarah, thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. 
Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So um, today we're going to talk about something kind of fun, which is, are our kids ready to like grow up? I mean, that's basically what I looked at this. You guys did this, this kind of survey to find out, okay, are the kids ready? And what did you find out? Um, parents are sort of of two minds. If you ask them if they're doing enough to get their kids ready, most of them say, yes, of course. And then when you ask them if kids, if they're teenagers, are able to handle really basic tasks across different areas of life, then they admit that the answer is no, they're actually not very ready at all. My goodness. Did this surprise you? Um, in some ways, yes. I was surprised at how much parents overestimate their own involvement. And I, I say that because I know as a parent myself, um, I felt like I was either too busy to think about, oh yeah, I really got to teach my, my sons to do X or Y, um, or some things just never seemed to come up and I didn't think about it. So, so I was actually surprised at how many parents uh, felt like they were doing enough. Yeah, it, and it's this, important to remember that they answered that question first. I should have asked them again at the end after they went through the list and acknowledged oh, yeah. that their kids couldn't do it. Then they might have given themselves a different rating at the end. Yeah, because what they were saying was, hey, I think we're prepared. Then you asked them specific questions and they're going, oh, wait, maybe not. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was eye opening. Now, this happened to you, right? One of your sons called you for something that we think is pretty basic. It. When uh, uh, he went off to college and, and got sick, and, you know, it was probably just a minor cold or something and said, like, what do I do? And I said, well, head right over to the drugstore across the street and get some medicine and that'll make you feel better. Um, and he he said, well, the medicine was just always in the bathroom closet. <laughs> like, what do I get? <laughs> So was that eye-opening, and, and is that what prompted this study that you did, this survey? It really was, and I, I have to say I was sort of embarrassed. And then I realized, like, like many parents, I shoehorn in those kinds of tasks. Let me run by the grocery store while somebody's at, at play practice or um, on my way home from something, uh, and I never really involved uh, my teenagers in sort of sorting through, okay, here's your different options. Um, uh, so it, it was the impetus. And then it, it got us thinking about on our, our team, thinking about all of the other different aspects of just handling your daily life from basic finances to, um, uh, you know, just just planning to things like uh, making doctor's appointments and handling those basic healthcare things. Yeah. Now, this generation has a reputation of of you know not being able to do those things, staying at home longer, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Is that what you found in the survey, or is that overstated? And maybe this sort of thing has really shown up in every generation. I wonder if there's a little bit of it shows up in every generation. Um, uh, but, you know, the other thing that's interesting about 
this group of young people is they also use different methods to connect. So they might go on their phone and, you know, click on the drugstore app and type in, you know, cold symptoms or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe in some ways they feel like um, it's okay to start out with less experience or knowledge because they always have at their fingertips that searchable resource. Yeah, there's more tools available to them to, to be able to go and learn things, right? So, uh, you know, somebody told me you don't always need to know the answer. You just need to know where to go. And maybe this generation is proof of that. And I would say yes for some things. And then there are other tasks that I think parents should think a little more carefully about. And those are the ones where you really want to have either some understanding of how the system works or it's something where you want to uh, plan in advance or plan more systematically than wait till there's emergencies. And I would say two elements of that are things about making healthcare appointments. Um, there is an element to understanding how that system works. How does insurance work? What is a copay? Um, you know, there's a there's there's some basic information and understanding that would be good for teenagers to know as they become young adults. And the other thing is uh, many financial tasks with that should be something where people are planning and thinking ahead about saving uh, and about where your money is and budgeting and things like that. Right. Well, because in your survey here, let's look at the medical ones that showed up in the survey. Um, you said it says around half of the parents thought their teenager could handle a minor injury with first aid. Uh, 41% thought their kids would choose to eat healthy foods. That's a different issue, right? 25% thought their teens could get the correct dose of over-the-counter medicine. And then only 8% thought that mm -hmm. their teen could make an appointment with a doctor. And these are 17 and 18-year-olds. This so is adults, basically. These are adults. Yes, yeah. that's ridiculous. I would say, though, sometimes um, I want to give a little pushback to the people at doctor offices because sometimes that is one where I did actually have my kids begin to handle that task. Um, uh, as soon as they could drive, I said, nope, you go in, check in, take care of things. And often they would get pushback from the people at the front desk mm. of like, you know, have your mom fill out this paperwork. It's like, no. Yeah, they can fill it out. They sure can. Let's. Right. So we want some of the adults, whether it's at the doctor's office or at the pharmacy or at the bank, we want adults who are in these professional settings to really embrace this idea of helping teenagers learn the ropes on how we do things. Yeah, because when you talked about money, you said only about 46%, I think, of the parents said they thought their teens would save for the future. And that's a very, you know, that's kind of a low level understanding even of, of finances as a whole. So there's, we, we definitely, I think as parents have some opportunity here to teach and engage our kids more. And sometimes um, 
it, it spurs on some really interesting conversations where you have a chance to talk about things that are important to you. Here's why it's important to have a little cushion. Um, you know, sometimes it's to guard against emergencies. The other time it's like, you know, when you have a little cushion, then when an opportunity presents itself, you have a little nest egg where, you know what, I can make that move to take that job or to mm. do that internship because I have saved a little bit. So it really um, creates opportunities for young people. But but if you don't have the conversations about what are we trying to accomplish here and how do we go about doing it, you can miss that chance to talk with your teenager about some really cool stuff that they might be thinking about for their future. Okay, so let's talk about then what we as parents can do. And I think you've got some ideas, you know, about, you know, just teaching them to be independent. What advice would you give? One of the things would be to just set up a a practice situation. You know, it might be for one day, you get to be the adult. Um, and, you know, throw some fun things in there, which is you get to decide what we have for dinner. Um, but the other thing might be, okay, well, you have to open the mail and look at what bills came in, and we're going to talk about how that works. Um, and so I would say a really important thing is don't wait for the situations to come to you. You have to go create the opportunities to have these conversations. So the things that we do every day and we've done every day for as long as we can remember, and I love you said something as simple as just checking the mail and opening it, can teach them a little bit about life. Absolutely. Things that they have no idea even goes on in a day-to-day -day aspect in a, in a regular adult's life. I, I think um, a lot of it is boring, but it doesn't necessarily have to be um, excruciatingly boring to the kids. It's more, you know what, have a system, handle it, and then you won't get caught by surprise. And uh, you might be surprised that your kids are more interested than you would give them credit for. So the mindset shift here is, um, okay, as a parent, we are not the child's executive assistant. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we are, we're here to teach and create this human that can grow up and be amazing. We're not their admin. And, and so if we're the one that's check, scheduling all the appointments and, and you know, paying all the bills for them, that, that includes you know, their dance stuff or their football stuff, and they don't even understand that. I mean, I'm happy to pay the bill, except she should know, Naomi should know what dance costs and what that means and what needs to happen for her to be in there, that sort of thing. I mean, we aren't their EA, we're their parent. We've got to raise them to become functioning humans. And an element of that is help them begin to understand what kind of financial implications are going to occur once they're out on their own. So a good one, for example, is the phone bill. So many families are on a family plan for a cell phone. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that doesn't need to go on forever. But it's interesting to think about uh taking a month where you say, all right, well, let's look at this. When you're out on your own, Let's, how much a month do you think you're going to have to pay for your cell phone? Yeah, way more than uh, you think. 
Right. And I think a lot of times when we, when we as parents fail to have these conversations, kids can really be hit by surprise mm -hmm. with the costs that are just routine things, again, that we don't even think about every day. Yeah. You know, and I know my dad listens to the podcast. So this is a great idea, dad. If you want me to go back on the family plan for the cell phone, I would support that 100%, right? If we, he wants to pick up my cell phone bill, that would be great. Yeah, I think your dad isn't going to do it any more than <laughs> in a, a certain number of years, you're going to want your daughter to, to be off on their own. Here's another thing that you can think about as a parent, insurance. Car insurance is a thing that many kids don't even realize has a cost to it. Um, you know, they see commercials. Uh, often which are funny, but that's another one of those hidden adult costs. So even if you don't want to make a change, you might get uh, uh, mailers for car insurance opportunities. That can be a great opportunity to involve your teenager in investigating and learning about some adult issues. That's hmm. great. Why don't you go online, look up what does it cost per month for somebody at a certain age? Yeah, that's a great idea. They can learn a lot there. I think you also said they could just, you could spend a whole day doing errands together and they can learn. I mean, even simple stuff like, I don't know, doing the laundry. I mean, you know, Naomi is seven. She doesn't do the laundry. She does, though we involve her. So she's in charge of moving it from the washer to the dryer. And for us, it's a game. I just pile it up on her until it's covering her whole body and then she dumps it in the dryer and it's a lot of fun. And yet she gets that there's some steps there. And, and I imagine, though, there's some teenagers that have never done a piece of laundry in their life. Isn't that scary? I, you yeah. are exactly right. And the other thing is you can connect the whole process. So when you're at the grocery store, it's a way to say, okay, well, you know, let's, let's find a cost-effective detergent that we want to buy. Well, that gets us into a conversation about being a smart shopper and, you know, whether we're looking at the number of loads this does or the number of ounces in this bottle versus that bottle and what's the, you know, the unit cost. There are all of these, again, these hidden adult actions we take every day that can be turned into little bite-sized tasks for our teens and for our preteens that help them learn about how to do this stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, what I'm sensing from you is that it's never too early, right? It's not like we, on their 18th birthday, we say, okay, now it's time for our two-day seminar on adulthood and we have a PowerPoint. It's, yeah. I mean, this is something, I've got a seven-year-old. We can start some of this now. And you'll be surprised at how good kids are at, at picking up new information, and they ask great questions that uh, I, my experience has been uh, the question of, well, why do you do it that way, uh, often leaves me stumped. And, often, well, and, and my answer is- saving you money. When you go do some research or something, you might actually find a better way. They might, because yeah. a lot of times my answer is, I don't know, I've just been doing it this way for the last- however many decades. And so mm -hmm. it is good to uh, to have a partner uh, asking those kinds of questions and, and be open to changing it up and, and taking a new approach. You said in one story that I read, you said that parents might want to make a kind of a list of day-to-day -day things that they need to know. So, you know, for when they move out of the house, they're ready. Can you talk more about that? 
Absolutely. And I, I would also say uh, most college counselors would also echo this idea of there are some certain things that you should uh, have your kid prepared to do. So again, those are really basic health and well-being um, kind of tasks from uh, basic first aid, understanding, um, you know, things like ibuprofen for a sprain or a, a minor injury, um, the different types of uh, cold medicine and how that might address uh, different types of symptoms, very basic money management things, um, you know, basic personal safety things uh, that can be uh, privacy settings on phones and computers and, and other things. Um, tricks to carrying around keys, wallets, things like that. Uh, I, I imagine that there are a lot of panicked parents who uh, get calls from their kids, <clears throat> excuse me, because they're, they're locked out, they've gotten something stolen, it's never happened before, what do I do? Um, really important things around banking and having that first starter, whether it's a debit card or um, credit cards that uh, uh, you can get in a variety of um, limited or restricted ways. Really, really important information about how to keep those kinds of things safe, uh, having backup numbers and copies of things, all of that just, you're an adult now, and so you are expected to have a fund of knowledge and be able to use uh, the, the tools of adult life. Yeah, boy, that sounds great. So now if we're going to involve them, we're going to even maybe allow them to make decisions. Mm -hmm. I guess then we have to not be the safety net who fixes everything unless they're, you know, it's a safety issue or something like that. We've got to allow them to figure this out, maybe make some mistakes and make some poor decisions and learn. We really do. And, and I would encourage parents to take advantage of some programs that are out there. So <clears throat> many banks or credit unions will have uh, like financial literacy workshops that are great to sign teens up for. And beyond that, many of them will allow you to make an appointment to go in with your teenager uh, and talk through, well, what are our options for a starter account, maybe a starter debit card or credit card? How do we, how do we limit the damage that can be done? Um, but make sure we know how that works. And then as long as you're protected, as long as the risk is limited, that is a great example of a situation where we can let our teenagers go a little bit and uh, uh, we hope they'll be able to demonstrate some responsibility and some success in managing their money. But if they make some mistakes, that's, that's a good lesson to learn early on. Yeah, that's great. So what's the one piece of advice I guess you'd give to these parents? Because I feel like the parents said they thought their kids were ready. Then they're learning their kids aren't ready. I guess if they were going to look at who's responsible for that, I don't know. Would it be the parent or are they saying their kid's not ready? I, I don't know. What are, I guess before you get the final thing, what would be, what's the reason why we say our kids just aren't ready? Is it because of us or is it because of them? I, I think it's mostly because of us and the, the, one of the, the excuses that we heard was the teen just isn't responsible enough. 
Well, that's to, our job to be responsible. Well, well it's on. sort this of a circular thing, right? Parents, right, is to make them <laughs> right. responsible enough. So. Yes, they're not responsible enough to be responsible. Well, if that's our attitude, they're never going to get there. Yeah, so right. it really has to be parents. It's your job to create the opportunities first to learn, but really importantly, second is to practice. So you have to get out of the way and let the teen have the opportunity to practice. Mm -hmm. And it's better for that practice to occur while you're close by. So you can talk through it. Again, you can limit the damage, but those are learning opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the final piece of advice that you would give? Don't wait. Start early and um, this is not, you're right, this isn't, boy, 18th birthday, I'm going to just do the complete download and dump it all on you. It mm -hmm. really is a series of conversations, finding chances to practice, um, having some setbacks occasionally, but also being able to demonstrate some success. And the payoff is when your kid go somewhere, whether it's leaving for college or for going off into their new apartment or just going on a day trip by themselves somewhere, they're going to have such a different level of confidence because they've shown that they can do a lot of things on their own. Yeah. I One thing I always appreciate about my parents is they I had a lot of independence growing up and um, you know, they both worked. So I was, uh, you know, I came home and I was by myself and had to get started on my homework. And I'd call both parents, tell them I was there. And, um, you know, so I had responsibilities as, as I got older, when I was eight, that's when my sister was born. So I helped with her. I mean, I just felt like I was never nervous about stuff like that. I remember, you know, I'd go, I used to travel on spring break to go see a family member and I'd fly by myself and I'm, you know, 10 or 11 years old. Like it just, I felt like they really set me up to be independent. And I wasn't nervous about some of those things. No, not everything was perfect. There's lots of other things that I could have learned. Um, and yet I just felt like I was prepared. And, um, and I think maybe there are parents that would say, no, my kid isn't prepared because they, my parents gave me the space to figure it out and make mistakes. And they were there to help me. You know, the, the thing that is different nowadays than I, I think, um, when maybe when we were younger, is that the having a cell phone around all the time can make it feel less important to plan and to think ahead, right? Because you can always at the last minute call somebody for a ride, call to see where are we going to meet up, mm -hmm. call with a reminder mm -hmm. or search for information. Um, and I think that in some respects, that might be doing a disservice to our kids because a lot of making good decisions is just thinking about things ahead of time and, and planning how you're going to approach something. So I would say one of the other things that we might think about as parents is, um, you know, having a family calendar up on the refrigerator and writing things down or, or having the kid write, oh, great, you're, we know the date of your concert, go write that on the calendar mm. so that we are getting them ready for this mindset of a, 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 a strong adult and a capable adult does an element of advanced planning on an hourly basis. Yeah, And I love we that. have to help them get there. 
Well, and if you're going to use the your Google Calendar, that's fine too. They need to go on their phone and put it in there in the calendar so it's in the family calendar. Yep. And that's something really simple. So I guess the, the last question on my mind is, would you have a recommendation, maybe you do, maybe you don't, of things kind of by age grouping? If we have an elementary student or a middle school student or a high school student, what what sorts of opportunities do we have to teach them at those various ages? I think elementary, you're you're beginning with those <clears throat> those basic uh, chores, which are, you know, helping with setting the table or doing the dishes, uh, taking care of a pet, um, uh, maybe not doing the laundry, but either getting the clothes down by the washing machine or, or folding them. And then as a parent, you're able to reward not just for things getting done, but for things getting done without anybody reminding or asking. So it's important that we're we are talking about and rewarding the process. Um, once we get to junior high, that is where we can really begin to bring in things like basic finances, odd jobs, encouraging kids to save up for something special, um, where we can then begin to think about um, uh, incorporating that. Um, and also, I think starting at junior high, there can be more discussion about basic health and well being. That might be let's make sure that when you pack your lunch, it's not a bunch of junk, that we're balancing that out. That's also where kids start to get busier and conversations about the balance between activities and, and getting enough sleep and rest uh, can begin to occur. And then once we get to high school, then really everything has opened up uh, and we can be talking about um, not only managing their own school schedule, but but really be bringing in um, uh, the well-being, more of the healthcare tasks, uh, personal safety tasks, um, and uh, that's where the financial planning and thinking about the future becomes really important. And talking about all of this as uh, building confidence and creating opportunity to just really get a good start in adulthood. Great stuff. Well, Sarah, it's been great having you on again. I think you've offered so much value both times. You guys are doing good stuff over there. It's the Child Health Evaluation and Research Center, or you call it CHEER, right? Mm -hmm. At the we University do. of Michigan. And you guys are doing great stuff. So come back anytime and, and thank you again for offering so much value to us today. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. My pleasure. Great stuff from Sarah Clark from the University of Michigan. Our, what are we doing to help set our kids up and to, to, to be great adults? And what little things can we do now? And she gave you some tips, like setting your own doctor appointment, doing your own minor first aid, you know, just the little things. What are we teaching them about money? How are we involving them in some of the decisions that we're making as a family? So again, they can grow up and make great decisions for themselves. So I trust this added some value to you. Well, we're going to end the way we end every single Positively Dad episode, and that is we get to hear from my seven-year-old Naomi, who I hope you know my wife and I are raising to become a strong, independent person. And so today she's going to talk with you about something that, well, as we get into fall, we should probably think about. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, this is Naomi Shaw, and today we are going to talk about having too much candy. You know that having too much candy is really bad for you. It can make you, like, really, really sick. So you can have two or one 
piece and then you had to like give the candy away for trick-or-treaters if it's like Halloween or something or you could just save the rest at home and don't eat all your candy at Halloween because that's going to be really bad for you I got this huge sugar stick from Halloween and I like actually never ate it because it's like pure sugar nothing else that's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. Well, there's some great advice for you right there. Don't eat all that candy, especially as we get here in the fall. We start to get closer to Halloween and we get closer to the holidays. I'm a reminder of this one, too. This is the great part about the Kids Corner is she says all of these things that we have recorded that we can go back and share with her as reminders later. This is good. I want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Positively Dad. And again, our goal is to add value to you so you can grow as a parent, as a partner, as a person. And I believe we've done that today. We've also helped you if you have teenagers, uh, you know, help them get ready or things for someone like me who's got a seven-year-old to begin thinking about. So my goal is to do that, add value to you, and I trust we're doing it. Would you let us know if we are by sharing this podcast with people, subscribing to it wherever you listen, rating it, you know, five stars would be great, even writing a review. That's so helpful to us as we're launching this podcast and really working to get in to this dad network community. It's a really tough one to get into. Uh, there isn't a lot of stuff there for us, and so I just appreciate your support. Follow us, too, online, PositivelyDad.com, and then we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at PositivelyDad. I love connecting with you and, uh, and learning and, and from each other, so please connect with us there. And until then, I appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time on Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. Have a good one. Bye-bye.